gonna start recording. We can check our levels now. I'm gonna see how I sound. I sound. Yeah, I don't talk quite as loud as you do, but... You don't have podcaster voice. I do not. Apparently. We have a cold open. Hmm, sure. Wind, rain, shadow, wood, sword, thunder, power, sleep, card, gathers of the cloud, expect the unexpected now. The secrets of the cloud were all a mystery. But when this mighty book was open, the powers were set free. Card captors, a mystic adventure. Card captors, a quest for all time. Each card possesses a power all its own. We've got to find them to bring the power home. Card captors, a mystic adventure. Card captors, a quest for all time. Card captors, card captors. Well, uh, this is a podcast called Going Digital. I'm Sporky. And I'm Shin Garrett. Yeah, so, uh, so which episode did we watch? This week we started Digimon 02 with a whole new cast and a whole new gimmick, and we got those new Digivices the kids have been talking about because electronics change yearly. So this year we're dealing with Sporky's favorite... The one where they have a wand, unlike the one that I love, the one where it's all a Sentai. Uh huh. <laughs> you uh, you seem a little uh, out of it today. Should I just take the lead, Sporky? Sure. Okay. So we decided to watch what was in Japanese called. I forget. I think it translated to "Time Keeps on Slipping." You're the Japanese speaker, so you should have known this one, but it was also known as Time and Again, like that bad NBC sitcom. Or Time After Time, that strange H.G. Wells movie. Oh man, that was really bad. It was about Jack the Ripper in the future, and it also got a TV series adaptation. <sighs> Yikes. That really happened. So anyway, this was like some kind of time travel episode. Um, yeah. I have notes here, which I'm going to use because the art has really fallen between seasons. Holy crap. Yeah, one of us actually took notes. That's what I'm here for as Shin Garrett. <clears throat> the very first thing I wrote as a professor is speaking in front of a school is the phrase, He got yaoi head and yaoi body but he's wearing a shirt, so it's useless to me. Sure. Um, I mean... Well, the series has a pretty distinctive art style. It, it does. It's just very bad about men. All of them look like they came out of someone's doujin. I mean, um, there's some very obvious reasons for that that are quite complicated to get into, but do go on. I'm just saying, they have tiny heads, they're composed of two-thirds legs, and sometimes their hands are as big as their heads, which is not how that should work. But anyway, the uh, we have a new lead this season, whose name is Sakura, and she's the newest Digidestined, so her father is the one giving a speech that has nothing to do with the rest of the episode, but already the dub is really kind of kicking it out of the park this time because in the dub, he's more educational. He's talking about the actual construction of the tombs, 
how they're being raided by different people and that's such a hazard to the field of archaeology is great. Meanwhile, in the other one, he's asking a little boy to come visit his house. The subtitles were not good. The subtext was not good. <laughs> that's also true. That's also not a joke, by the way. He really says, please come visit my house, little boy. I, so there's probably some cultural differences. Maybe. Meanwhile, in the dub, they go, hey, come visit at the university. So the dub was notoriously cut down compared to the the original version. Uh, I think you mentioned that, you know, they were stretching out animations because of the scenes that they had completely cut and they had to make up time for that. Oh, yeah. One of the first ones is in this opening lecture scene. We cut away and you actually see a still frame of a transition poorly left in before it cuts. And there's really no reason for it. It's just the character hanging her head in shame because she's kind of a goofball. And her friend Miyako is, uh, you know, sitting around just always trailing her. Uh, also, there's a young boy named Lee who is another one of the Digidestined. Her, her friend is named Madison in the English dub. Um, That's right. Madison. My bad. Tomoyo in the original Japanese version. Okay. So Madison, you know, we have Madison, Sakura, and Lee. So those are our three Digidestined thus far. I, I figure we're going to get more. And when we get home, we already have one of them, Sakura, who has her own Digimon, a little man named Karo. In the subtitles, he is a cop. In the dub, he is a gangster. First of all, you're taking this gimmick way further than I thought you would. But second of all, um, <laughs> so Karo in the original adaptation or the original Japanese version, he speaks with an Osaka accent, which makes him sound more um, more urban. I mean, that's that's typically what in Japanese media they use for like gangster types. So. Literally, he is pretty gangster, like, in both versions. Do go on. Alright, well, I'm just saying, in the one, he is very much straight-laced and, oh, children should be in bed by this time, and he's a cop. And in the other, he has stayed home all day playing games, and he sounds like this, like he's a wise guy, yeah? So, I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. He's Fat Tony in a small, stuffed Digimon's body. Mm -hmm. I will also say the biggest downgrade that I hear in the dub, there's a lot of very good music work in the original. Uh, there's what sounds like a Kirby song playing, and then we see the game and he has been beating up a boss who looks exactly like Kirby. Meanwhile, when we go to the dubbed version, the music has been turned into a lot of very strange guitars and things. It's, it's trippy. I'm not... And the video game noises are from some stock title that I couldn't place. Could you place them? I don't think it's from the original Atari VCS Pac-Man. It might be. Might be, but they didn't use the full spectrum of sounds like they tend to, so like some, some productions do. But yeah, the um, I mean, this is just your typical Fox Kids redub, recut of your anime it's pretty pretty egregious with the you know recreated music it's super low budget pretty awful in my opinion 
Anyhow, Sakura goes over, and there's just a brief bit where she pines over uh, a yaoi boy in the next room who is her brother's friend, and then she goes to bed. At which point, bells start ringing and everyone complains because bells are ringing at midnight, which bells ring at midnight, don't they? Am I crazy? I want to say that most clock towers stop after 10 o'clock because... You know, it's possible. Hmm. Anyhow... The next day, there's a music test, and this is another weird sub-to-dub change. The character is clearly playing a recorder in the subtitled version, but in the dubbed version, it's changed to a flute. But they keep saying recorder. Maybe it's just the fact that I had to play recorder as a child. I want to say that the Japanese ver- the Japanese word that they use, which I think is hue, um... It's more ambiguous, and so it's on. you can put that on the people doing the subtitles. I guess. It's very clearly a recorder in both drawings, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying the Japanese word for recorder is, is probably shared with flute on their side. But whatever. I mean, it's okay. Another weird thing that I think the dub actually improved on is there are a lot of incidental bits of voice work and sound effects that I really like the dub did, which the subtitle did not. Including this one point where Sakura is walking up to the front of the classroom, and then her friend starts to whisper something, but she says nothing. It's just animation of her moving her lips and saying nothing. And in the actual dubbed version, they had her whisper something at her. See, and that just makes me think of that really weird Fox dub of Ultraman where they obviously didn't have, like, a good translation of the script, so they just made stuff up. Ah, you're talking about Ultraman, which is a Sentai, which is my area of expertise, because uh, I am Shin Garrett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at this point... We see more of Lee, who did not come over to visit her father at their house last night, or at the university. However, we do learn that Lee is Chinese, despite not looking it at all. So this means he is Crappy Moose. This will show up later when he starts pulling objects out of his sleeves with no rhyme or reason, including a sword and a grappling hook. Yeah. Um, his first name, so... The Japanese version, his first name is Shoran, and his last name is Lee. He's just Lee to me. Yeah, sure. Whatever. It is what it is. Anyway, there's a scene around here where, after the test and after Sakura blows it, Lee is walking around, blowing a recorder, proceeds to straight-up air-kick a soccer ball that goes flying, and gets a goal. There's two little bits of work that the dub did, which I love here. The first is, as they show the students playing soccer, a quick cut makes it look like someone got Johnny caged in the face by another player, just like straight up kicked in the head. And the other is that when Lee kicks the ball and it goes in the goal, the goalie actually gives a, huh? Like he has not seen where the heck this thing came from. It's really great. There's a lot of little incidental work that kind of makes me like that version more. I mean, carry that across the entire series, and uh, I mean, I'd like to see what your reaction is then, but... You sound like you are not agreeing with me on this. Well, I mean, I'm mostly going off of memories from 15 years ago when 
I originally watched the thing, and it's kind of hard to reconnect with that at this point, so... Anyhow, at this point, they go home, and Sakura just grapes about losing her test, wishes she could do it again. Kerberos slash Karo gets to the end boss of the game, saves, and they go to bed, griping about the clock once more. And that's where we have our act break. So while we're here, let's talk about the themes for this season. You did not seem to enjoy the weird butt rock of the American dub, but I was into it. I was cackling the whole time. Yeah, I mean, it depends on your point of view, I guess. If you're looking at it from fantastical, like if you're putting yourself in the shoes of a fifth grade girl, it's a completely different story. You're not looking at the kitsch of it, I don't know. I mean, I'm not looking at the kitsch of it, it's just one of them was a very stock anime opening, and the other was a weird thrash metal CGI render that was so completely 90s. That, yeah, well, that's what you had to do on, I mean, this aired on Fox Network, so. It ruled! It was completely not what I expected out of this, and I was laughed, I straight up laughed through the whole intro, you can attest. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I'm probably going to find that theme, and you've probably all heard it as the opening to this episode. It's great. Uh, do we want to talk about the ending themes? Was there really anything worthwhile there? I I mean, it's not even memorable. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, um, there's not much to go on there. So anyway, that's Music Corner, and let's come back from the act. When uh, Sakura wakes up, two things happen. One... Caro's save has been ruined by something. It looks like there's a bad battery in his SNES cart. And two, there's a doll of Sakura next to her alarm clock, which is very weird. Did you have a doll of yourself when you were a young woman? No. Okay. It wasn't entirely unheard of. It looks very strange, and once I noticed it, I couldn't unsee it. It's It's... in every shot. It's something that weird parents do for their kids. They get them a doll that looks like them so they can play dress up with them. Oh, is this why neither of us had one? Because we didn't have Yowie Dad? Probably, yeah. Okay. Seriously, you need to see a picture of this man. His proportions are so wrong. They make Rumiko Takahashi look like she draws dwarves. Anyhow, there's a whole reset of the day. This time, Sakura manages to get the test right. Lee also knows that things are going on a loop because he is also a magical boy. And, uh, did anything really interesting happen on the second loop until the end of the day? Uh, no, just that Sakura passed the test this time because she experienced the previous day and remembers it, so... She magically cheated. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool if you can... She can control that, maybe. And it seems that a Digimon named Time is living in the clock tower, which is going to throw everything off, but they have to go up there after dark and capture it. So, yeah, the, the final, like, ten minutes, the actual climax of the episode takes place over three days, but they kind of just skip it because we've already seen that footage three times. 
And yeah, thankfully from this point we stop repeating the day at school over and over. Although there is one good subtle gag and that on the second day Sakura tries going after it, screws up because the thing controls time and it manages to reset everything. And so on the third day Lee shows up because he's getting sick of this and we notice that his nose is bandaged because on the third day he did not power kick the soccer ball but instead got clocked in the face with it. Madison does point out that he still managed to score a goal despite that. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, at this point, let's talk about Madison being the creepiest woman. So Madison likes to make costumes for Sakura to wear. And um, then she takes video. <laughs> she videotapes all of their adventures together. So, you know, I mean, it's just a couple of girlfriends having fun. Okay, but... She filmed her friend in a weird short dress that she made, which the dub refers to as being Tinkerbell-like, and the original version claimed was made in the guise of a fairy for her magic. And meanwhile, she's on the ground beneath her flying friend with the camera pointed up. I'm just saying something untoward happened here. Well, she's not going to be able to fly behind her or anything. I mean, whatever. You know what I'm talking about, even if you don't want to say it. Okay, sure. I mean, whatever. (laughs) Anyhow, the first night, Sakura screws this up, and it results in a hilarious bit that I love. Where time slows down. Until it ends up reversing entirely. Mm -hmm. But the voice effects are great in both versions. Yeah, it's just a very basic time pole effect. I don't know. The gangster sounds this bad. Mm-hmm. As a result, we get, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really getting the feel for these characters. Sakura is doing everything, and then Lee comes in and acts like Tuxedo Mask at the final act of this. Yeah, I mean, that's another... I mean, I guess we'll get to that, but... It's another dynamic that is played out through the entire series and badly chopped up in the original English dub. Well, I suppose we'll get there, but in both versions, he has to come in and tell her how to do her powers. It's now Sailor Moon, but, like, worse. Well, yeah, it's because Shoran is, like, an actual wizard who's been training, you know, with his family in Hong Kong for years now, and... Sakura kind of just stumbled upon this whole thing. So, you know, he's kind of jealous of her and kind of condescending towards her because, you know, he actually knows what he's doing. You just made me realize he comes from China, yes? Hong Kong. So that means that Xeno Warrior Princess was right and all the magic people live in China because that's where you go gay and learn to fly. Sure. Did you not see Xena? I didn't see that episode, I guess. That was a whole season. She goes to Chin, which is totally not China, and she talks about her first girlfriend, and she also learns how she can fly by unleashing the gay. Okay. This is a whole thing. I'm surprised you weren't into this. Sure. Sounds fine to me. I'm just saying, that sounds entirely right if all the magic people live in China slash Hong Kong slash Chin, and that explains why this silly goof has, like, a bunch of crap he pulls out of his sleeves. Mm-hmm. He's actually the only one really casting spells in the end, too. 
Anyhow, the two of them realize on this third night that they have to sneak up on the Digimon, otherwise it's going to just reset time again. And in fact, it actually starts screwing with them the first time with freezing Sakura in place in the tower. Madison's just running around with the camera. She's not even trying to be stealthy. And at this point, I want to gripe because they have a big clock tower and a time-warping thing and nobody goes all Castlevania with it. It's just three gears and a staircase. I mean, we can't all be Castlevania. Why can't we? Why can't we all be Castlevania? Not everyone is a thousand-year-old vampire with an inheritance. You don't even have to be a thousand. Just be a couple hundred years old. Alucard exists. Sure. You bought the soundtrack. I thought you would be leading the charge on this one. Well, artisanal chip tunes. Hey, I mean, I never actually played the game. It was on what? You bought the soundtrack and you've never played it? I played Castlevania Two a bunch. I like that one. It's a good one, but huh? I didn't know this. Well, there you go. I actually really like the format for Castlevania Two versus the other Castlevania games because it felt more like an RPG and felt like you were making you know sort of you were making progress rather than just going through levels one at a time I don't know but Castlevania 3 was like largely a Famicom game and it was on both yeah but it came out here I mean I didn't have an NES you know I had to come back to specific games Later on, I sort of just passed it up because, you know, there's dozens of other games to play. But you came back to two and not three? Yeah, why not? I'm just speech. I did not know this at all about you, Sporky. <laughs> huh. Okay. Okay. My world is a little shook here, but all right, let's go. Um, um, clock tower. And, oh, uh, Lee bursts in through the window because Sakura has been frozen in time. And at this point, everything goes to crap. The Digimon starts trying to rewind time. And Lee has to remind her, hey, you have magic. Use it. Mm-hmm. Specifically, she... What exactly does she do there? She uses a shield spell. Gotcha. Yeah, that's part of what these new Digivices can do. They appear to be set by the wielder. She's got a bird staff, which makes sense because she has a bird lion. And he's got a sword, which... We don't see who his partner is. He's very cagey, though. He kind of hates her. I think he's keeping as many secrets as he can. Do we do we see that later? Sort of. Not really. Okay, so... Um, oh, you first. I'm fuzzy on the details. Maybe. Gotcha. So we'll have to revisit this as we go through the season. Um. Anyway, we also don't see Madison's. Is Madison's the camera? Probably. It must be a digital camera. She that always would... she always has that camera. Yeah, that would that counts as a digital monster camera mod. Anyway, um, so at this point, everything's going off the rails. The thing is trying to run because it's been caught. It can't stop them all. There's a shield up, and Lee just proceeds to summon thunder out of the sky and zap an old man to death. It collapses. Yeah. Uh, I think at this point I actually screamed, get fucked, old man, because that's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, 
so she captures the card, or she captures the old man in a card, which appears to be what they put into the Digivices this year instead of crests. And then it goes to Lee, because he did all the work. I like that. I like how the XP goes to who delivers the killing blow. Yeah, that's that's an analogy. Am I wrong? No. And this, you know, this season was ripping off Pokemon because they have to capture them rather than just defeating their enemies. But, you know, we'll yeah. get to Leomon eventually. Late 90s, everyone was ripping off Pokemon. It's true. Even Digimon, which came first. Technically. It did. And at this point, there's just a little outro scene. Uh, Madison is the only one who goes, yep, it's a new day. Now it's not a recorder test. It's an English test or Japanese test. Oh, no. See, it's really hard going back to this series because it's so very much aimed at children. It's it's really the story's really simple. The jokes are really simple. I mean, it ends on a Johnny Quest joke. That's the same way those always do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what that means? No, not really. A Johnny Quest joke is how at the end of every Hanna-Barbera cartoon, but Johnny Quest was really the one that stood out because it was not using the same Hanna-Barbera formula as there are only three shows. Every time they would get to the end, everyone would be in one place, and someone would just make a weird joke like, somebody needs a shower, ha 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 ha, and they're all laughing as it fades to black. Okay, sure. I mean, it makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, we already talked a little bit about the sub versus dub differences. I mean, this particular dub was notoriously cut down. They crammed, they basically recut a 36-episode series down to 20 episodes. Uh, this episode, this in particular, was the 12th episode in the Japanese anime, and it aired as the second episode here in America. So, there's like a really long character arc between character one character we didn't even mention because he's hardly even featured in this episode there's sort of a love triangle that shows up between sakura shoran and yukito and uh it's completely cut out of the english dub i don't know any of those names that aren't sakura so please fill me in uh shoran is lee oh right in the japanese version and uh, Yukito is the older brother's friend who happens to be there and for absolutely no reason, almost completely cut out of the English, the English version of this episode. And to be fair, he was barely in the other one. He got two lines. Also, uh, in checking my notes, I realized that we left out the other thing the dub did that the subtitle did not. Lee's plan on the third night is... You suck at this. I'm blowing up that tower to stop this. Oh, that's right. And in the subtitled version, Sakura says, You can't. The town relies on that clock. In the dub only, she goes, You can't. People will get hurt if you blow up a large structure. Yeah, fair enough. Not I'm, sure how much of that was lost in translation or whatever. I'm just saying, I like this dub more than all of you made me think I would. Okay, fair enough. I mean, yeah, so... Hmm. And at this point, we need to discuss Caro's Fashion Corner, which is an actual thing that occurs after the episode, in both versions. I forget if this is something... Actually, I've got the manga right here. Um, 
I want to say it was one of those things that they put at the end of each of the book, but I'm not sure if it's actually here. They definitely did it at the end of the episode. Huh, Digimon Captors, you're right. Princess I? Wow, that's a name I haven't heard in years. Uh-huh. <laughs> they used that picture again! Yeah. <laughs> There's a picture of Caro looking like uh, Hunter S. Thompson in here, which is probably going to be the episode art for this episode. And it's amazing! Every time I see it, I start laughing! <laughs> so I was thinking of the little... Um chapter end caps in full metal alchemist but they're not they don't have something similar in this so well this is also tokyo pop so it might be in the original manga but cut out of this version yeah that's possible as well but you know it's also like the tachikoma days at the end of uh ghost in the shell episodes but instead it's caro talking about the costumes and other bullshit that happens in the episode it's true and this one he talked about the tinkerbell fairy dress as well as the fact that they all have school-mandated backpacks. And the backpack can hold things. That's pretty much where that goes. My favorite part is that at the end of this, Caro is sitting in an ornate desk with a pipe in a plush chair, and they did not remove the pipe in any version, so he's just Sherlock Holmesing it up all over TV. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good! And I actually have one final note because the subtitle version included a preview of the next episode called An Elephant's Strength, The Test of Something. The end of it is just an elephant goes flying, lands, and dies. <laughs> it was wild. This series is buck wild. It probably gets up in the actual episode that I haven't seen in 15 years. But uh, yeah, that, I mean... That elephant flew and died. That ain't Dumbo. It's a really long drop. <laughs> but anyway. Yes, anyway. That was an episode of Digimon, I guess. Yeah, Digimon Captors. The new season. I mean, yeah. Also known as O2 in the localization. Sure, I wasn't planning on holding the deception for that long. I'm never letting go of kayfabe. Okay. So, I guess at this point... If you were a guest on this show, Sporky, which you never get to be, you would get to create a segment. Would you like to do that today, or are you just going to use your host powers to say, no, I don't deserve that privilege? I'm going to skip that. Okay. I figure it was worth a try. So I feel like, is there anything else we need to discuss this episode? Did we learn any episode lessons from this episode? Uh, don't blow up buildings. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um... Elephants die when gravity occurs. Technically not from this episode, but sure. Um, I still learned it from this episode. Yeah. And I also think that Chinese wizards are dicks no matter what continuity you're in. You want to practice something. Even if you fail the test, you want to practice afterwards just in case you end up in a Groundhog Day situation. Oh, that's a good one. That's true. And I, I actually thought you were about to say practice safe hex. So, no. Wizard That's jokes. For a completely different type of show. I mean, we could do that, I suppose, but this is a hentai-free podcast, unless Serg is on. <sighs> anyway. So I guess that's the end of the episode, unless you can think of anything. Can you? No. All right. Then in that case, would you like to uh, discuss where you can be found on the internet? Where can I be found on the internet? <laughs> well, wouldn't that be at Going Digital Pod on Twitter? Uh, yeah, that one. Or goingdigitalpodcast.com? 
Those are both good ways to find me, sure. Okay. And I can be found at Shadro on Twitter. And I guess this is where we do our usual outro phrases from the Markov generator. So do you have one ready? Uh, remember to keep your toes dry. I don't think you're using the same generator, but it's a new season, so I guess that happens. And wow, you're quite red right now. (laughs) And all of you should remember that the Digivolution will not be captured. Good night, everyone. No good night? Bye. And stop. And per the request of my lovely co-host, at this point I'm going to cut in and point out that, yes, that was not Sporky and Shin Garrett you listened to, but in fact my partner Faye and I recording this April Fool's episode of Going Digital for You, about, if it wasn't clear, the show Card Captor Sakura. We did indeed watch episode 12-2, given that we were using the not-so-amazing Nelvana dub of the show, known as Card Captors here in America. However... On a more serious note, there are two upcoming podcasts on the Riceball Network, which not a lot of you knew was, in fact, the network that this show runs on. The first will involve the actual Shin Garrett, Sporky Eye, and another host, and will be known as Recolon Corded, a podcast about the Kingdom Hearts series, which will probably end up very similar to going digital in terms of silliness as we go on and express our love for this terribly stupid thing. The other, however, and part of why Faye and I are on this episode, is because we are going to launch a show of the two of us discussing sci-fi called Equatorial 353. And as a treat, I'm going to splice in a little of the audio from that right now as a preview. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy, and join us when the show comes out. Adios! So, speed round, back and forth. Just going to give people a little more of our tastes on things. Favorite Star Trek and why? Um, hmm. Going to need a moment to think about that. Okay, I'll start. Deep Space Nine, because goddamn if Cisco isn't the most fantastic captain, you get a lot of great episodes, and the overarching plot really does a lot. I'm excited to try Discovery, but we have not subscribed to CBS All Access because it's the only damn show we'd be watching on it and we're in the US. So you just meant series in particular. Well, yeah, pick pick a favorite series. I mean, That's all. I'll throw you a loop here. Okay, I'll throw hit you me. for a loop here. Uh, I liked Voyager quite a lot. And mm-hmm. a huge part of that is how gender interplays on the show and how the ship is captained by a woman who gets everything done. She doesn't take any guff. You know, she makes her crew respect her, and she deserves that respect. She earns she earns that respect in most episodes. Um, it was exciting to me because we get to see how Starfleet would operate untethered. It it has to ask a bunch of ethical questions that you didn't see when the Enterprise was you know a few days warp speed from a st- from whatever starbase. So. Mm-hmm. Bet it? Yeah, for now, I guess. Okay. Give me Dark Horse candidates that you want to try getting onto this show, you know, breaking the rules or not. Hmm. Should I go first while you think? Sure. 
I'm absolutely going to get you to watch the Mobile Suit Gundam movies with me, because that, that'll cover the arc of the first series and is in a more condensed time we can work with. Videodrome is technically science fiction. We're going there. And I also think that, in the end, we should do just, like, something really cheesy from the 50s, just to give a bit of fun with that. Maybe some MST3K love. Mm-hmm. Hit me. Underdog candidates... Or just things that don't fit under the standard tropes of sci-fi that you might be finagling about. I mean, Videodrome is me cheating a little, but... <laughs> okay. I think one underdog we would want to cover is Michael Crichton's work in some capacity. Mm. Because it's been adapted to film, you know, in different ways with completely different studios. So that's kind of a good opportunity to look at how people actually take those ser- those books so kind of a pop sci-fi thing that's actually a really good one mm-hmm. not that it hasn't been done but i mean we're a sci-fi podcast so look i just said video drum you're allowed to have fun with it 